0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Essex Church, where this community of Kensington Unitarians meets each week. Welcome to today's recognition and celebration of this time of midwinter. When the weather outside is cold and damp and the days are short, it feels particularly appropriate, I think, to turn aside from the material world for a while, to, to get together with other people in a spiritual community like this. A time to tend to deeper matters, to recognise perhaps an inner world that moves to a different rhythm. So I invite you to to use this next hour, if you wish, to explore ways to make this Christmas, this midwinter, a time of nourishment for you. A time in which your spirit both gives and receives that which will strengthen you in times of darkness. Explore perhaps that which will help to soften your heart. And may the stresses and the strains of our everyday lives, as well as the joys and the excitements, perhaps drop away now for a while. Let's just take a moment to take a breath, to acknowledge that we are here now with one another, and that we have this time, time to explore deeper mysteries, deeper truths. words of welcome from uh, Richard Gilbert we bid you welcome who come with weary spirit seeking rest who come perhaps with troubles that are too much with you who come perhaps feeling hurt or afraid we bid you welcome who come with hope in your heart who come with anticipation in your step Who arrive proud and joyous. And we bid you welcome, you who may seek some new faith, who may come here to explore or to learn. And we bid you welcome, who enter this room as a homecoming, who have found here room for your spirit, who find in this place and this community your people. Whoever you are, whatever you are, wherever you are on your journey, we bid you welcome. Our chalice is just lit, I'm going to keep an eye on it, it's a symbol of our worldwide Unitarian Universalism. It's only a small flame and it may need some help, but can it remind us anywhere this day of the warmth of a community such as this, of the fire of commitment, of the light of truth and the joy of freedom? Welcome, all of you. I invite you now to find the shared reading that's on this uh, little yellow sheet here which is the words of a druidic midwinter celebration (coughs) and I invite you if you wish to join in in saying the, the words in bold. We swear by peace and love to stand heart to heart and hand to hand Mark, O Spirit, and hear us now, confirming this, our sacred vow. Grant, O Spirit, your protection, and in protection, strength, and in strength, understanding, and in understanding, knowledge, and in knowledge, truth, and in truth, love, and in love, the love of all existence. And in that love, the love of spirit and all creation. Hail the fertile darkness of the north. Life and light are reborn. Hail the gentle breath of the east. Hail the rekindled spark of the south. Hail the trickling drop of the West. Hail to those who lived before us. Hail to those who follow us. All see the turning of the wheel, the endless cycle that connects us all. Guide us to the returning light.
1: Learned from the penguins. Um, This is a piece adapted, uh, uh, written by Frederick and Mary Broussat, about a documentary from 2005 called March of the Penguins. Penguins are creatures of instinct who have been around for 40 million years. But as the film March of the Penguins shows us, they go way beyond our easy categorizations of them as cute and anthropomorphic. Penguins are incredibly adaptive birds whose survival instincts, mating rituals and parenting skills have been honed over the centuries. Luc Jacquet, his incredible 2005 documentary about them, is a magical experience filled with many moments of wonder, delight and reverence. As we are shown how the emperor penguin colony survives an Arctic winter and how they manage to care for their young, here are a few spiritual things we can perhaps learn from observing penguins. And there are seven. So let's see how many of you are. Let's get. The first one: walking slowly is one of the best ways to move. We're often in too big a hurry. Slow waddling is the right rhythm for those who want to savour all that is going on around them. Stand tall, and do not let the forces of nature torment you or bring you down. In courting rituals, try bowing to the one you love. It is a sign of both tenderness and respect. Huddling together in a circle is one of the best ways to handle tough times when the winds of change knock you for six or you just need to be close to the warmth of another in times of suffering. All of us have a nurturing instinct within us and part of the spiritual task of life is to draw it out in as many ways as possible. We all need some playtime. And that usually happens in a milieu that enables us to let go and do what comes naturally. Each of us has a distinct voice print. Use it well to sing a loving song to the ones who are near and dear to you. There is much we can learn from
0: penguins. Such a lovely piece, thank you. And uh, a different tone to this this reading now from uh, the late John O'Donohue, um, Irish writer and priest. This is from his work *Anam Cara*, uh, in which he calls solitude a key that unlocks the process of homecoming to our deepest self. Solitude, he says, is one of the most precious things in the human spirit, and it is different from loneliness. When you are lonely, you may become acutely conscious of your own separation. but Solitude can be a homecoming to your own deepest belonging. One of the lovely things about us as individuals is the incommensurable in us. In each person, there is a point of absolute non-connection with everything else and everyone else. This is both fascinating and frightening. It means that we cannot continue to seek outside ourselves for things we need from within. The blessings for which we hunger are not to be found in other people or other places. No, these gifts can only be given to you by yourself. They are at home in the hearth of your soul. In everyone's inner solitude, there is that bright and warm hearth. The idea of the unconscious, even though it is a very profound and wonderful idea, has sometimes frightened us away from coming back to our own hearth. We falsely understand The subconscious as some kind of cellar where all repression and self-damage is housed. We may have even imagined monsters down there. In actual fact, these demons do not account for all the subconscious. No, the primal energy of our souls holds a wonderful warmth and welcome for us. One of the reasons I believe we were sent to this earth was to make this connection with ourselves, this inner friendship so O'Donoghue suggests that we keep in our mind's eye particularly at this time of year the image of our inner solitude as a bright and warm fireplace or hearth midwinter the very word sounds a bit chilly doesn't it and all our carols so far today have had an almost mournful quality to them, a quality that expresses one aspect of this midwinter time. No wonder that Christina Rossetti's poem has had such appeal. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan, earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow, in the bleak midwinter, long ago. It captures something of the season, doesn't it, when evening arrives before it seems that the day has had much chance to get going even, and when the sun, if you manage to uh, catch a glimpse of it, seems so weak and feeble, there's no strength to be had there, unable to warm us up at least here in the northern hemisphere we, we've been hearing from my owner who's recently returned from South Africa that the sun there is burning away brightly on everyone and everything the ground is parched the grass yellow and brittle I find it incredibly hard to imagine myself after going on the uh, solstice walk yesterday in which we squelched through some very green and muddy patches in in Regent's Park. Midwinter then is a physical reality for us and and sometimes it can be a psychological state for us too. Who here has not experienced times when everything seems stuck in life? When all is chilly And there's little movement, and it feels as though we may stay like this forever. Midwinter can be one of the seasons of our own lives. A tough time when we're in the midst of it, yet potentially perhaps a fruitful time if we go with it rather than resisting it and wishing that it were not so. This is the time, I think, that John O'Donoghue was writing about in that reading that we heard earlier on in Praise of Solitude, This is the midwinter, when we do well to turn away from the distractions of our world and pay attention instead to something within us. But pay attention perhaps not in an anxious, over-analytical kind of a way that some of us know well. No, I think the solitude that O'Donoghue's writing about and writing in praise of, it's a time of rest and recuperation. It's a gentle awaiting on the spirit to reveal that which we need to know next. It's a kind of surrender into solitude, if you like, a surrender to the inner realm, an acceptance of the melancholy simply for what it is, an opportunity to slow down, even stop for a while. There's a quotation from Patricia Monaghan on the front of today's order of service sheet. Finally, she says, comes the time of withdrawal, The hidden time. It's as though the world sleeps under a grey cloak. Everything is still and silent. Life has moved to the centre, to its hidden darkness. Bulbs rest. Roots sleep. Trees go dormant. And stillness settles over our world. This is a time of rest for the earth herself. And it's a time of rest for us as well. It has an inner quality. Yet midwinter also has an outer expression, for it's a time since ancient, ancient times here in Northern lands, it's a time that's been marked by community festivities, by feasting and by music, by the dance and storytelling. And these festivities, of course, serve many purposes. If nothing else, they pass the time. They help people make sense of what is happening in the natural world. And they encourage community connections through shared rituals and traditions. I've been enjoying reading a book by Carolyn McVicar Edwards this week. It's called The Return of the Light, 12 Tales from Around the World for the Winter Solstice. It's a lovely collection of stories. That she describes this is the story she describes them like vessels, like little boats. The stories carry us across across the flotsamy, slippery edge of night and darkness. These are stories of how light and fire came to the world through human cleverness or trickery sometimes, an actual stealing from the gods. Or through surrender and acceptance of that which is. Or sometimes through grace. So midwinter is a time that calls us both to inner and outer realms. We can take this time to assess what we need to be in balance with ourselves. And with your world. And with, through taking time to be alone and taking Time to reach out of out to others. And as those Druids wrote in that prayer we spoke together earlier on, then may life and light be reborn once more here on earth and here once more within ourselves. Amen. Whatever this season holds for you, Be it the decking of halls in a season of jollity or sitting quietly and reflecting as the cold winds blow outside and possibly within. May you know that you are loved and accepted just as you are and that you bring a light to our world that is uniquely yours. May the blessings of midwinter be upon you. Amen go well and in peace.